0: Thank you, Lord, just for the opportunity for us to come together and come and worship you. Holy Spirit, I really do pray that uh, you come and, uh, come and take, take whatever is being said and whatever is being read, and you come and make it real in our hearts. Come and open all of the right doors and come and uh, you know, exemplify your word. May your word be the, uh, be the thing that convicts us, and may your spirit be the one that leads us to truth. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Hello everyone, my name is Hainu, Lacke, good to meet you. Um, I am originally from Cape Town, Belleville specifically, and uh, now in Rittendale, uh, which is the moat, the Paro van Pretoria, which is uh, fantastic because I'm from Paro, um, actually. You might not know Paro except for that funny guy, the long cap Jack Paro. Um, don't, feel, don't feel he is wrong, he's probably very right, that's what the people are like, they're really. They don't have long caps, but they, they are fun people. I actually um, have my family up there. You, guys, uh, you can switch over to that. Uh, it's so beautiful when we, when we have the opportunity to come together like this, right, and, uh, and be able to do pulpit swaps, which is this weird idea that another pastor comes to your church and preaches. So if you're new here, I'm not your pastor, right? Um, sorry, I know I have a cool jacket, but I'm not your pastor. There's another pastor. And this morning, it was so refreshing to have Yaku come and preach in, in our service. Uh, beautiful. I mean, how, how, how much more do you want to talk about unity? Because you see, we love to talk about unity. We're a country that, that likes the narrative of unity, not because it's popular only, but because it's, uh, without it, our country will um, f- fall into uh, you know, all kinds of chaos. We, we want to be united. There's something that speaks louder than words, and that's actions. So, an action of church is to say, okay, well, we are uh, united. Let's swap out some of the leadership, not because your leadership is doing something wrong. In fact, they're doing something very, very right. You are blessed with an amazing leadership um, in in Yakuha and the Riet, right here. But also, uh, you can clap if you want to, yes. Okay. but also, obviously, the, the eldership of the church. Now, this is very important. When you get a compliment like that, you might think what I mean is like, oh, okay, the chairs are all packed in nice rows. Oh, the decor is great with, I'm guessing this is a fake plant. Fake plants. But they look so nice that I can't even say without like physically touching them. I'm not giving you a comment or compliment or comment on how well you run the organization of church. Giving you a compliment with a deep, deep spirituality where in this life and in this country, not just this country, I beg your pardon, but in this life and in this world, so many times we've got leaders and people that are not connected to the source, not connected to God. They, they come and lead and they come and do a bunch of good things, but they do not lead you spiritually spiritually. That's not the case for your church. May you guys really be blessed in that your leaders really do discern from God. Um, this is my family. Uh, beautiful little picture there. Uh, in, in a way, um, they, our faces exemplify the different stages of life. You know, from my wife being, life is good. It all is nice. I think her toes are in the, yes, her toes are in the photo beautiful then you get one step down it's 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 me where I'm like oh okay life is good but sometimes stuff happens and then there's my son here to the left it's Chandra. it's my eldest son where he's like I have no idea what's happening but I'm putting on a smile on the other side you've got Marcel my middle son and he's just not happy (laughs) it's just like can I tell you I don't know people that ever, ever had family photos it's not easy to take a family photo, my word. I mean, on this side of the camera, there's someone dancing with like a little sock on the hand. Like, everybody just smile. Nobody's smiling. Um, children are, are oh. and then and then my newest addition, uh, Zander right there in the middle, he's just like, ah, oh, I give up. So, family is a beautiful thing, and I, and I love talking about family. <clears throat> and here's the thing that, yes, you've got a blood family. All of us, we've got blood family, we've got uh, parents, whether you know them or not, you've got family. Then the Bible talks about this other concept called spiritual family, which is the church. Now, I know that that's a very hard thing to understand, because it's almost like we we want people to feel at home at church, and then we make up this idea we're a family. Right? But the thing is, it's not just a makeup. It's not just something we say. It's something that's ingrained in what the church is called to be. That's kind of where we're going to go tonight, where we're going to talk about. Talk about, all right, so there's church, there's me, there's God, there's all of these things. And there's this question that might be looming in your life, and that's ugh, meaning, purpose. There's this uh, popular well, the book wasn't that popular, but the movie was. It was called Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I think you just jumped over it for a moment. By Douglas Adams. Uh, and if you might have seen this, this movie, it came out in the early 2000s. The book starts off with this idea, with this uh, celestial beings, these, these two people, and they want to know what is the answer to the ultimate question. Meaning of life purpose, and everything, everything else. And what they do is they actually build the supercomputer to, 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 you know, give them this question. They build the supercomputer, the computer, um, uh, they they go up to the computer and they say, okay, hey, computer, the computer's name is Deep Thought. And they say, Deep Thought, what is the answer to the ultimate question? What is is the answer to life, meaning, purpose? And uh, the computer... Tells them, we'll come back in 7 million years, and I will tell you the answer. Funny, ha-ha, and what happens? They actually come back 7 million years later to the computer, and they get there, and they they rock up to the computer, and they're like, hey, listen, computer, lacquer, it's been 7 million years. All right, tell us the answer. Life, meaning, purpose. And the computer tells them, I've got an answer for you, but you're not going to like it. The answer to the universe, life, meaning, is 42. And then there's the silence in the movie and in the book as you're reading it. You're like, what? Did I did I missed the question? And then these two beings tell the computer, no, no, we've been waiting 7 million. You can't just give us 42. What? what what do you mean? And the computer says, listen, I mean, you didn't even give me a question to start with. What is that question? There's no. What's the question? I don't even know what the question is. And these two beings tell the computer, all right, all right, tell us then, what is the ultimate question? Give us the question. And the computer says, all right, I'm going to build a program that's going to give you this answer. And the entire book, the entire movie is then laid on this question. And then, uh, spoiler alert, okay, that means close your ears now if you don't want to hear this. What happens in the movie is the human race is the experiment, and because of the human race, it gives the answer to life. Um, but it's kind of a, it's kind of one of those questions that I promise you you've had, right? Now, whether you're a Christian or not, we sometimes wake up, oh, what is my meaning? Well, what am I supposed to be doing? I mean, my word, friends. You wake up in the morning, you're like, oh. I, I hear you, God, and I, and I see your Bible, and, and, and I believe in you, and I go to church, but what am I supposed to do in this life? What is my meaning? What is my purpose? Where am I going? And you see, we sometimes treat God like Mr. Miyagi, you know, the guy from Karate Kid, that kind of gives you this vague answer, but doesn't give you, you know, like, wax on, wax off. He doesn't give you the answer. He, does, he plays games with you. But the thing is, God doesn't play games. God does give an answer. God calls us in multiple scriptures, and we're just going to go to one tonight, one scripture. You can actually ready yourselves. We're not going there yet, so uh, you don't have to, but we're going to 1 Peter 2. So if you've got your Bible with you, go there right now. I'll keep on speaking. If you've got your phone with you, go there right now. I'm going to read with you. Um, you, you know, we we live in a world where um, we don't know what that's. Where we ask this question: What is the meaning? What is the purpose? You see, in this world, we've got the survival of the fittest type of vibes. Darwinian evolution it tries to give you meaning, but, but it really doesn't. And what happens is, we as individuals, what hap- we we give ourselves meaning. Then, right? So I don't know who's going to give me meaning. So I give myself meaning. Um, I, I, self-love, and, and, I, and I, all of the movements in the world kind of come back to that idea. You know, chauvinism, the oppression of, of well, women in that case. Uh, feminism. I mean, it's, I as an individual, we as the woman, we need to rise up. We need to, you know, if no one's going to fight for us, we're going to fight for us. Gnosticism uh, is, is this idea where your, your, your body is evil and your spirit is good. So, deny your body. And give your spirit, accentuate the spirit, and it, we all try to give meaning, but we seldom really turn to God. Seldomly turn to God. There's, a, there's this idea that you were never meant to be a Christian or a God believer, a Christ follower, you're never meant to be that on your own. The world. Teaches us individualism. And although God loves us individually, I hope you're not hearing me wrong now. I'm not saying to be an individual is wrong. I'm saying finding your identity as an individual will give you a half measure. You'll go through this life only having half truth. You find your identity in God. Yes, I'm giving the answer. I mean, there's the answer before I started preaching. So you're going to find your identity in God, the answer. Thank you. Let's pray. But before that, God gives us a family, gives us a people to be with. Here's a very hard truth. You will struggle to find identity and purpose in this life. If you're always going to try and anticipate chase it from your individuality you need a body bible talks about this all the time you need a body the eye needs a body the ear needs a body and that's where we're going to kind of get to it um last night we decided to <clears throat> there was um there was some european rugby on I we, i'm going i'm going to watch some of that we took out the braai and, we, uh, and I actually took the braai uh, out from our braai area, which is under shade area. And I took it to the sun on the other side of the house. Took out the braai, put it there. Um, got the, you know, all, all of the charcoal, everything, lighted the fire. It's on, it's happening. I go inside and uh, I start w- watching a game. And I come outside and I see that the entire fire has been, all, all of the coals have been scratched open. Like my word, no, it's never gonna burn, it's never gonna get hot enough. So I have to I like, get it together again, and I go inside and I sit by the television and I at some stage go out again and all of the coals are <clears throat> scratched open again. I'm like, okay. This is the work of an intelligent being, and not God in my son, Marshall, with a stick. And every time I come outside, he hides. <laughs> like, Hides in the bush, and every time I go inside, he comes out with a stick, and he, he separates all of the coals. Now, if you've ever bried before, here is the if, if, you might be a lady, and you haven't really like, done a braie from start to finish. When you start off, you want all of the coals to be in one spot. They need to ignite one another, and when you are ready to braie, you take them apart, and you braie your flesh. Because then when you put the meat on, the coals cool down, but they are spread. But if you want the fire to keep its heat they must be together i hope you're seeing this metaphor where i'm going you hear where i'm going okay where i'm going is sometimes we as a church we want to be separated like we are now for COVID reasons i'm not you're not wrong you're doing the right thing but we separate it like this and not just physically but spiritually we 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 we, we treat Christianity as individuals and not from a body. And it'll work for a while. For a while, you'll, you'll be a little cold that, that stays warm. I promise you, you will. But over time, being separated will let you cool down. I promise you that. And the only way to really, in a way, get warm again is to do it within family, to do it within church. I hope that you've realized that is the first time I use the word church purposefully. Because when we see church, when I see church, when you tell me I'm going to church, I see a building in the corner that I need to dress up for and uh, get ready for. But church is so much more than that, it's so much more beautiful. All right. Now, let's go to that scripture. Let's go to that scripture, beautiful scripture. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to read from verse 1, and I'm going to focus on verse 9 and 10 at the end. But let me read from verse 1. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit. Hypocrisy, which means to be a hypocrite, to say one thing and do something else. Envy and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to Him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to Him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says. Now remember, when Scripture, this is Scripture, says, for in Scripture. It's talking about the Old Testament. Otherwise it would have been weird. So they are quoting Old Testament Scripture. You can go back, you can actually, some Bible tell you where it is. See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in Him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. Now here are the two verses I want you guys to focus on, but you... All right, maybe let's first watch that. uh, Let's watch that first video, if we can get that one up there. When I read this, I always think of this little video. A stranger from the outside. Greetings. I am Buzz Lightyear. I come in peace. Now three. This is an intergalactic emergency. I need to come into your vessel to Sector 12. Who's in charge here? Uh, claw! Claw's our master. Claw chooses who will go and who will stay. This is ludicrous. Hey, Bozo, you got a brain? In <gasps> here? <laughs> hey, oh, no! Sid! You are the one that d- decided to climb into this uh, It moves I have been chosen Farewell my friends I go on to a better place Gotcha What are you doing? Stop it! Stop against Alex! All right, double prizes. Let's go go home and play. (laughs) A bit of a somber ending. I, I do realize. Toy Story, beautiful movie, it's great. Don't, don't take this as fact, but I, I do, when I, when I read this scripture, I see these little men saying, you are chosen, the claw has chosen, he must go, and every time I, and I hear that little, that little voice in, in my head, look at what the scripture says, but you are a chosen people not person people when you are chosen what is take what has been taken away from you the ability to choose so who chose did you choose no you are chosen so you see immediately what happens is you think that you are here because you chose god You think that you are here because you made a choice. You think that you are here because somewhere you made an informed decision to follow. But I promise you, for God so loved the world that He gave. Right? But you loved God and then He gave. Now, God so loved the world. But what this means, is it means there's, there's something that's been taken away from you. And that's the, I almost want to say the option to choose, but don't hear me wrong. Obviously, you also choose God. You pursue God from your decision, from faith, because my faith is what opens me up to more grace. It's true. I've been saved by grace. But you are a chosen people which throws it all back to God, not to you. Not to you as an individual. It throws it back to God, which means that God is the one that's in control. God is the one that that gives you what you need, purpose, meaning, and everything else. He chose you to be what? To be a royal priesthood. Now, now look at royal priesthood, which says, I mean, firstly, royal. What is a royal? Royal means that there's... There's some bigger, dis- you're descendant from something bigger, right? It's not your family. Oh, like a, I like can't No, no, no. There's something bigger. There's something royal. There's something in my bloodline that I didn't fight for. I promise you, the Queen of England didn't wake up one day and was like, yo, oh, I need to work hard to be the queen. No, there's no work. No, just be. You are the queen, right? There's something royal about you. Okay, royal what? priesthood see a priesthood is something something different right a priest we think about a priest somebody that 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 holds the word now now to as a priest it is you, know, you might see a guy in a funny hat um, you know waiting for the white smoke to ascend to the tower and be the all right that, that that's what might be in your mind but think about the ancient people think about the ancient people reading this Two thousand years ago, well, what is a priest? A priest is, is a um, is a person representing God, and not just representing God, but a leader of a leader of people. Okay, so let me recap: You have been chosen to be royal and to be a priest, not just a person chilling it out. You're not even just a person that's serving in this church, if you've ever made your way onto this stage, or even before, or you're maybe somebody that serves the coffee, you might be the guy behind the camera right now. You might think that you are here to serve, because that's what the church tells you to do. Yeah, come here, serve here. You've been called. We don't raise you because we want cheap labor. We kind of want that. Side note, cheap labor. You've been called for something much bigger. You don't lead worship here because you've been given a chance and a voice. You have been chosen. Not by the claw, but by by God, by Jesus, to be holy. It actually talks about a nation, a holy nation. Now, again, a, a, a collective. It's not you, you individual. It's a collective, you church, you. You see, it's very funny how it's almost when God speaks to people in the Bible, He very seldomly talks to individuals. Now, even when God speaks to Moses, Moses is the the personification of Israel. When He speaks to David, it's the leader of God's people. Yes, God does speak to individuals in the Bible, but... Most of the times, far more than you than you would realize, he speaks to a people, through a person, but it's to a people. You see, the only individual in the Bible worth mentioning is Jesus. All of the others were just a people, a holy nation. And what it talks about, it talks about this, this nation, Israel. The Jews. Now, you might not know the Bible very well, and you might not know the the bigger narrative, but but here's it in a, in a nutshell. God creates the world, and it's good. It's perfect. It brings glory to Him. Sin happens with the people of God. God calls a holy people in Israel. He calls these people, these these holy people, these um almost like a bloodline, like, these are my people set apart. He journeys with these people, I mean, all over, in the desert, through the ocean, from Egypt uh, into Canaan, into many wars. He journeys with these people. And every time the people forget about God, over and over and over, the people are never from themselves good enough. They keep on failing over and over and over. So, the people first want a leader, so they get Moses. Then they want a judge, so you get the book of Judges, which is all of those from Samson straight through. Then they cry for a king. You get Saul. You get David. You get Solomon. And they keep on failing. And then what do they call for? A savior. And then Jesus rocks up. And the immediate thing that they think, they think Jesus is here to get on a white horse and to change everything. But Jesus becomes a servant unto death. And everyone's confused. What now? And then we read in the book of Revelation, which is the last book in your Bible, there it talks about Jesus on a white horse coming to save with fire in his eyes. Lord, what am I supposed to do? How am I? what gives me meaning? What ascribes purpose to my life? Only God, because it's beautiful how it says, "God's special possession." God's, not yours, not this world's, not South Africa's, not your families, not your jobs, not your bosses. You are not the opinion of your mother and father, of your spouse, even. You're not the opinion of your friends, you're God's, which means that everything comes back to God. And if you keep on asking, dare I say it, the church for an answer, you will fall short because you are not the church's, you're God's. The church is the collective of God's people, fair. Yes, that's fair. But you need to, you, my friend, in that chair this tonight, you need to pursue God. Get to God. Get to the king. Get to the one that's on the throne. Get to the one that's in control. If we're going to miss God, we're always going to chase organization. We're always going to chase some leader, some uh, charismatic guy that's got all of the right words to say. And you're going to, going to miss out because you are God's. Not a people. You can go to the next uh, verse there, number 10. I'm skipping a few words. Once you were not a people, there was a stage where you didn't know God. There was a stage that you were, it felt far from God. You might be there right now. You might be there where they, it feels like God is very far. He's not hearing your prayers. There might be a wall. And you, it's like you pray into this wall. You pray into the ceiling. Now here's the promise. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. How is that possible? How is it possible to become the people of God? Isn't this guy talking about the Jews? Isn't he quoting the Old Testament? Yes, he is, 100%. But what he is saying is he's talking about you being brought near, not because of who you are, but because of whose you are. You've heard this many times. I think that's one of Yaku's favorite quotes. Is it not? Yeah. No. Remember who is in control. There was a stage where you did not receive mercy, far from God. But for God so loved the world. You remember that scripture in John 3, 16, that he gave. So now you do receive mercy. There is a plan for your life. There is a plan for your life. I'll tell you a story. I was in a, when I was in high school school. Um, they were when you wanted to play for the first team rugby there were these rugby trials at the beginning of the year and all of the boys go play and they play these multiple games but you don't know if you made the team until the specific day and they do it in the assembly so everyone is sitting the whole school is sitting in the assembly hall and then they call out your name okay first year rugby team for this year and they start calling the names out so not by position by alphabetical order which is the worst for me. My surname is with a V. So, I mean, I'm just sitting there um, uh, s- sweating blood. <clears throat> and they call out every person's name and they call out the name. And it's this amazing honor. And you walk up to the stage, uh, you know, and, I, and then they call your name. And you walk up to the stage and it's just like, and everyone is watching you. And you get a jacket and you get socks. And you get a little rugby brookie, and it says your name, and it says your number, and you feel so honored. And you stand there, and you're like, Lord, thank you for choosing me. Thank you for choosing me. And, and then the moment passes, and then you realize, oh my word, I actually need to go play rugby now. Right? I've I never, oh, now I have, to go, I have to go perform. I made the team now, but now it's the time to shine. Now somebody's going to come and watch what I'm going to do. Now somebody's going to see my missed tackle. Now somebody's going to see me pass the ball terribly or kick it away. Or now somebody's going to see someone tackling me to the end of my life. Now you see, many times in, uh, let's call it prosperity teaching, somebody tells you, there's a purpose for your life. There's a purpose for your life. There's a purpose for your life. And you hear that and you're like, oh, thank you, Lord. Yes, there's a purpose. But here's the thing. Step into your purpose step into. It's beautiful to get a little rugby brookie with your name on, but it's something completely different when you have to go play the game. And God is calling us out of passivity, out of just the chair, out of just, oh, I feel good in my heart to an action, to become the church. Now, here's something you need to realize, that the church is not the mission. You know, like, okay, everyone, let's go, let's go find all of the lost people. Yeah, let's go, let's go. Lost person, hey, hello, my name is Hainu. Are you lost? Yeah, okay, cool. So, listen, bro, come to church. Yeah. The church is not the mission. The church is the vehicle for the mission, yes. The church is not, the mission needs a church, but here's the kicker. The church needs a mission as well. A church without mission is just a bunch of disobedient Christians chilling out. So you need to understand that if you are in this church, and if you call yourself a Christian, you are chosen to be a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and you've got a purpose. You've got a purpose to be part of the mission. So, the church is not the mission, but the church is the vehicle for the mission. So, therefore, I do not want to bring people to church. I want to bring the church to people, which is a completely different posture. Now, you might be hearing buzzwords like discipleship, I serve, equip the saints for the work of ministry. Before you ascribe to a buzzword the church calls you to, first get your heart aligned. Because a heart that's aligned already understands, come closer, come closer to where God can ignite you. Not just come to church to be filled with petrol, but let God ignite the petrol that's already there. Lots of you in this church, you have been equipped to bitter end. You have been anointed with oil that when you walk out of this door, you walk a little trail of, like a, like a snail trail of holy anointing oil dripping from your foreheads. I'm not calling you to be filled with, with petrol once more i'm calling you to be ignited be ignited as a church tonight is the night you sign up for whatever tonight is the night you start worshipping with your finance tonight is the night you start taking away the walls between you and other people and you go have a conversation tomorrow morning at work at campus tonight is the, there's there's a line drawn in the sand because you have been chosen you do not dictate the rules, but Christ does. And I want to end with this. Where are you? Is it time to come closer to all of the other coals in the fire? Is it time to come to the end of yourself? Is it time for Christ to come do a new work in you?